This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. We bring you the latest jobs from across the media industry. Our job of the week is a head of content position at World Textile Information Network. For this opportunity and more, visit our jobs board at journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting stories from around the media industry and today our guest is Brittany Schock, who is the engagement and solutions editor of the US regional news website, Richland Source. She's going to be telling us about how they're taking a different approach to local election coverage, where they are in Ohio. And I'm joined by Brittany now. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So today I'm really keen to be talking to you about uh, this different approach to election coverage that you guys have been trying out over the last uh, month or so uh, in what you've called Talk the Vote, uh, this listening tour. But for the benefit of our listeners back home, could you tell us a little bit about what you do at Rich and Source, please? Sure, yeah. So um, like you said, my name's Brittany Schock. Um, I am the Engagement and Solutions Editor here at Richland Source. Um, I've only been in this position about, well, since the beginning of the year. Like, we've never had a position like this at Richland Source. Um, With all the work that we've been doing with solutions journalism for the past three years and um, some of the things that we learned in our participation with the um, Facebook Membership Accelerator last year, Um, We realized that this position was needed not only in the industry, but, you know, this is something that we really wanted to focus on at Richland Source. So this position was created. um, And really, I'm kind of learning on the fly um, what exactly it means to be a solutions and engagement editor. Um, A lot of my day to day work has to do with growing our membership program and um, planning engagement events for our readers, such as Talk the Vote, which we'll get into. Um, And then also guiding our reporting team um, through the solutions journalism projects. Um, That's something that we really like to focus on here as a just a different way of doing journalism that our readers really seem to appreciate. Well, I'm keen to dig into it. Uh, Of course, as you touched on, you've been involved with this Talk the Vote. Uh, Jay Allred, president of Richland Source, described it in a tweet as resident-powered local election coverage. Uh, What really does that mean and entail? How did this all come together? So um, this was something that we've wanted to do for some time now because at Richland Source, our whole mojo is doing things differently. Like um, we... Jay loves to call us like rock star journalists, like where we're just like breaking the mold all the time and trying to do things weird and learning from other uh, publications on what's been successful for them. So we actually kind of borrowed this concept from something called Voting Block in New Jersey that happened a couple years ago when they when New Jersey was electing a new governor. And their whole idea was to go out into the community and they had um, community potlucks where someone in their would host people in their home and then they would talk about what they really wanted in you know their new governor and in Mansfield this year actually in about a month we will be electing a new mayor so we figured that this was the time to do it when we have a pretty significant election we also will be electing um, quite a few city council positions. So we knew that there would be a lot to talk about. And um, this Talk the Vote is a way to get away from the typical horse race kind of election coverage where you only hear from the candidates and, you know, particularly at the national level where it's just like who's ahead in the polls and who's raised the most money and 
we just thought, I'm not really sure how informative that is to, you know, the the average voter. Um, and it especially doesn't really apply on the local level. It's hard in this kind of election environment to get away from the partisan stuff. Um, but really at the local level, it doesn't matter much if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Um, so we've been trying to not indulge ourselves in that kind of coverage where it's pitting them against each other and really just instead focusing on what the voters want to hear and what they want to talk about. So for Talk the Vote, we, um, like you said, we started uh, September 9th, actually, the day after my 30th birthday. Yikes. And uh, we have been going for the past five weeks now. Um, There are six different wards in Mansfield, and we've been having meetings in each of the different wards where we invite any member of the public who wants to come, doesn't even matter if you live in that ward or not, um, to come and we ask one fundamental question, which is, what do you want the candidates to be talking about as they compete for your vote? Uh, and your reporters presumably go out and speak to speak to the local constituents about what sort of policies they want to see. Sure, yeah. So it's been myself and our city editor, Carl Hunnell, who um, is the... Uh, guy who's leading our election coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been the moderator as, you know, the discussion leader at each of these things. And then I'm there to take notes so he can just focus on completely on leading these uh, discussions. So it's literally just the two of you? It's literally just us. Yep. Wow. It's kind of okay that it's just us because we've had a variety of attendance. Um, we've gone, I mean, it's like literally anywhere from two to 20 to 30 people. You know, like, and the discussion is always, I mean, I give a lot of credit to Carl because he knows how to lead that discussion. He knows the right questions to ask. Um, So no matter what the attendance is, the discussions have always been productive. We learn something new every time we do this. Uh, And so typically what would you discuss and what kind of editorial would come out of it? So um, like I said, the the, the crux question is, what do you want the candidates to be talking about as they compete for your vote? It really places the focus on the issues. Um, and it's a little more specific as, you know, rather than a question that's just like, well, what do you want the candidates to know? Um, as the discussions go on, Carl tends to ask more pointed questions. Um, but some of the broader topics that we have come out of this that people really care about um, are safety, city services, Um, We have a project called Mansfield Rising that's going on right now that's all about the revitalization of Mansfield and different points of that. So people like to talk about that. Um, Definitely makes them feel a little hopeful to know that that kind of initiative is happening. Um, And then, you know, just to things like trash pickup on my street. Like, why isn't there a city-run trash pickup? And... The parks, why isn't there enough money going into the parks? I mean, it's just, it's all very local government. Um, We make a rule at the beginning that we are not allowed to talk about national politics. We don't care about the guy in the White House. The city officials you will be voting for in November have no bearing on what's going on in Washington. We're here to talk about Mansfield. So we make that rule right in the beginning. And... It's been, like I said, it's been very eye-opening. Our goal at the end of all of this is to produce what we're calling a citizen's agenda, which is um, we'll distill all of the copious notes that I've been taking 
into an editorial piece that we'll publish the day after the election. Um, we'll also be giving hard copies to the newly elected officials um, to say, explain what we've been doing, to say, here's what, you know, we've gone into each of the wards in Mansfield, and here's what the people want. So that way, it's a direct communication between the citizens and their newly elected officials, whether it be the mayor, city council, um, and it keeps them accountable. You know, that's why we're publishing it on our site, because we want to be able to say, you know, in a year or four years, whatever the time may be, we're, we want to say, have you done all these things that you said you were going to do? Yeah, have you delivered on on your promise, on your manifesto, these kind of things you're directly holding it to account? Yeah, have you listened to the citizens? Yeah. So, I mean, what if these are things that they haven't brought up initially? That Are you saying to these new elected officials, here's what the citizens want, can you deliver this? If so, how? I think so, yeah. And the other part of this is, um, particularly with the mayor's race, um, we are hosting actually next week on October 17th a Mansfield mayoral debate. Um, we're partnering with a lot of different organizations here, um, even other media organizations here in Mansfield, um, to be hosted at the Renaissance Theater. Um, and we'll be having each of the mayor candidates stand on stage and a panel of seasoned media professionals will be asking them questions that are informed by these talk the votes so these the candidates will be answering to the voters live to the voters that are in the audience so you know that's the other way that we're kind of holding them accountable is we'll be asking them direct questions based on these conversations we've been having and so you know like you said whether they're going to deliver on these promises that's when they'll be saying here's my plan to tackle city safety or you know, trash pickup or how to beautify the parks. And we'll go from there, you know, to see, well, is this just lip service to get yourself elected or are you really going to deliver? Were these local citizens really surprised that they that they were sort of being asked and gauged their opinion on these things? I mean, uh, what, what are your news audiences used to when it comes to local coverage? And when given this alternative, how do they react? They are grateful because they've told us <laughs> specifically as we've had these meetings they say you know this is this is unique this is and never been done before and we appreciate that you're doing this and we appreciate the chance to be heard um so yeah it's like i said no matter how much it, how many people attend it's it's been great and it's it's work that's worth doing because really i mean at least we feel the citizens are the one who, the ones who matter. Mm. What's kind of been the biggest difference you've seen in these audiences with their kind of attitudes towards the, the media that they're kind of taking, making the effort to listen to the to the readership and the people on their doorstep? Um, so I will say you used the word surprise earlier. Um, I don't think they're surprised to see that from us, from Merchant Source, because this is kind of what we do. Um, the attitude of like this distrust and um, kind of volatileness between um, citizens and the media that we don't we don't notice that here um, in Mansfield here at the local level um, and particularly not with us at Richland Source because we've worked very hard to create this kind of um, environment where 
we have built a lot of trust and we have stated like from the beginning that and especially in the last couple of years that we really want to do journalism with people. We don't want to do it to them or at them. Um, we're trying to make it a collaborative effort because we're all in this together. At least that's what we believe. I mean, it is for a local election. Could this framework potentially be scaled up onto a, onto a national level, you think? Absolutely. Yes. And how would you go? I mean, that's that's really ambitious. How would you do that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't think we'll be doing talk the vote meetings in all 50 states, for example. Um, I think there are bits and pieces of it that you can insert and take away as needed, depending on the scale. Um, So, for example, here at the local level, it's very easy for us to have a lot of in-person meetings and, you know, go across the entire city of Mansfield because it's just not that big. Mansfield has um, a population of about 47,000 people. Um, Now, for the state of Ohio, um, I think you could still have meetings. Um, you just have to pick and choose and maybe it wouldn't be as frequent or maybe they'd be a little spread out or maybe you would expect people to travel more. Um, but I still think it's worthwhile. And especially I think that you would attract, um, bigger crowds to your meetings. So, um, the art of moderating is something that we've definitely learned. We've definitely had to learn and had an experience at our second meeting where one very strong personality was sucking the air out of the room and we were panicking like okay how what do we do like how do we stop this guy so um and how do you balance that between being like okay I really want to hear your voice but also we need other people to speak as well so that would be a skill that would be introduced the larger the groups get uh the big question I suppose want to ask you coming from the UK is that it's a pertinent time to be talking about uh the potential of elections um, and how we how we cover them in the media. What can we really learn from you and what you've done here in the US? What benefit does it really bring doing elections in this in this, in this way that you have? So I think you know the best is yet to come in terms of this little experiment that we're doing. We at Richland Source we're very fortunate to have a great relationship with the community already, but this has gone leaps and bounds to continue that kind of relationship with your readers. Um, The people at Harkin have a really great um, metaphor for this, which is, you know, instead of being up on the hill as journalists and preaching down to the people and telling you, you know, telling your readers, this is what we think you should know and being very high and mighty about it. It's so much better to come down to their level, bring more accurately, bring them up to your level and say, what do you want to know? Because I think it completely informs your reporting um, and the things that you're going to do because you're actually going to be reporting on issues that you know matter to people because they've told you. Um, And it goes leaps and bounds to develop those relationships with your readers, um, to develop trust. Um, And these are ultimately your sources, you know. I mean, these are the people who... Um, you can go to for comments, you can, you know, they'll hopefully be subscribing to you. And at Richland Source, it's, we're completely free to read. We don't have a paywall, we don't have subscribers, but we do have memberships um, because, you know, news isn't free. So if you go to sourcemembers.com, which I don't even know if you can in the UK, but it's, um, it's completely voluntary for people to become members and they choose to support us because of the relationship we have with our readers 
Um, just this morning, I checked, we have 558 members um, at Richland Source, just, you know, from the Mansfield and um, the Richland County, Ashland County, and Knox County areas. We cover a three-county area, so. And, and you put that down to your rapport with your local citizens we have a little space where when people become members we ask them why did you become a member Mm -hmm. and overwhelmingly it's because we support you guys we love the work you do um we just you know people just feel good about us and you know it's they just want to support local news and we are the paper of choice i say paper very loosely because we're not actually a paper but old habits <laughs> die hard um clearly you have the benefit of having a good relationship and a good rapport with your local readership if you didn't have that if you didn't necessarily have that relationship could you give this a go straight off the bat or would you need to take some time to develop that relationship you think that's a great question um i think i think i mean I'm also a person who thinks, just do it. You know, I I have learned this well from Jay Allred, our publisher, because he's a person who's just like, let's just jump in. And he's made it okay for us to fail um, if we do indeed fail, which we have sometimes at certain community engagement events. So I don't know what better opportunity you would have to build that kind of relationship. Like if you... Like you said, if you wanted to wait to hold off and, and, and do this event until you have that relationship, I don't know how else you would do that other than making yourself available and putting yourself out there and saying, I want to listen to you. I think that is, you know, the first step in building that kind of relationship with your community. So I think even if you are listening to this and you think, well, I don't know if we really have that kind of rapport with the community, do it anyway. Because that's the first step in in getting there. We have spoken about how ambitious of a project this is. Um, how has that been made possible? Uh, what toll did it take on your newsroom in times of in terms of time and resources, and what went into making that formula work? Um, and actually, like putting on these kind of events, you mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, newsrooms, local newsrooms especially, are already stretched. Yeah, absolutely. Does this place more of a burden on you guys? I mean. If you were to try it out, how would you expect that burden to feel on you? So um, I'll break down. I'll break this down very logistically in how we did this. Um, once we decided, yes, this is something that we wanted to do, um, my first task was to find places that would be willing to host us. Um, Jay Allred, our publisher, he actually hosted the Earth Second Meetup in his own home. Like he volunteered to do that. So we knew that we wanted to go to a lot of different places and not just our own office. We wanted to be accessible to people and meet them where they were instead of expecting people to come to us every single time. Um, Step number two was creating um, like events on Facebook or Eventbrite that, um, you know, said the who, what, where, when, why, right? Like, here's what time it is. Here's the location and the address. Um, So, and, you know, a little event description so people knew what they were getting into. Then it was promotion time. So then it's a matter of posting it on Facebook. We wrote an article um, that we posted on the site um, to let people know this was happening. Um, We have an email newsletter. So we sent um, invites to everybody on our newsletter. We sent invites to all of our members just to let them know this was happening. Um, We asked those community partners who would be hosting with us to promote it to their own audiences. 
And after that, it was just about the time commitment of actually going there. So Carl and I have been going, you know, we've been spending a couple hours every Monday for the last five Mondays, um, you know, devoting the time to do this. Um, we do um, limit these meetups to just one hour from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, to be respectful and, you know, productive of everyone's time. Um We've also invited uh, the Board of Elections to come along with us. They usually do a little voting demonstration. They make people, they make sure people are registered to vote, that kind of thing. So that's a nice little community outreach um, that goes along with that. And then if you want, you can do things like order pizza or buy beer for people. Um, at Jay's house, for example, he decided to do like cheese and wine um, just because that was his his prerogative when we hosted it here at richland source um we had beer and pizza last night we had it at a different community organization and they took it upon themselves to bring in coffee and cupcakes we um we heard a similar thing when we spoke to detour detroit about their watchdog workshops and she was saying our pizza you know shut up for the expensive pizza nothing less (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. but we've also had you know a couple meetups where we don't have any of that and people still come and it's still a good conversation so um one of the meetups we had was at um our local theater um the renaissance which i mentioned before and so i invited a couple of the actors to lead um like warm-ups to you know vocal warm-ups and body warm-ups like you normally do when you're getting into that acting space to get people loose and ready to talk um so it's been kind of it's been kind of fun to see how each one has been different but in terms of you know like I said the logistics and planning it's really as involved as you want it to be you know if you really want if you want to order a couple like 20 bucks worth of pizza people will appreciate that if you don't want to do that that's fine too do you have any other, any other tips for uh, icebreakers or ways to encourage conversation in the room? If you don't have a theater company to lead you through warm-ups, um, one thing we do is we ask people why they're there. Um, we have The first thing we do is we go around the room, have everybody introduce themselves, and ask them, you know, why did you come? Like a little 15-second intro of like who you are and why you're here. Um, that helps us to – well, it helps to get people talking, first of all, to start – you know, getting used to hearing your voice in a room. And um, it also helps for Carl to um, be able to call on people later because he actually will do that. Like if there's, he's that kind of stern teacher type where if no one's answering, he's he's literally going to call on people. (laughs) So, and I think, you know, I think that's important because you want to make sure that everybody is heard. Um, We do always lay the groundwork in the beginning um, to say, you know, one of the rules is no national politics, like I mentioned, um, another rule is be respectful of everyone's time and space, you know, give people space to talk. The third rule, um, which we actually haven't talked about is if there are any, um, elected officials or candidates who are running for office in the room, they are not allowed to participate in the conversation. They're, they're strictly to observe, which we've told them ahead of time, but we always reiterate that we want to hear from the voters, not from the candidates. So, so they can come. They're wel- they're welcome to attend. Absolutely, yep. But their role there is to is to listen and observe because we hear from the candidates a lot. They're going to have plenty of time to you know we'll do stories about them. They campaign all the time. This is not their time, and we really it's important because we really 
number one, want to make the act, you know, the people and the voters feel heard. And we don't want the conversations to devolve into um, any kind of name calling because people don't like that elected official that's in the room with them or, you know, a question and answer um, thing where they get into the weeds about my, their water bills or, you know, the candidates to get up there and start speechifying, you know, and giving their stump speech and campaigning and we just don't want any of that energy in that room that goes back to your horse race politics which you're trying to avoid right exactly Mm. so what happens next from here the tour ends next week would you do anything different what plans do you have to review tweak or adjust this whole concept at all some tweaks that i would think about is um it helps to have it helps to pick the right partners if you decide to do what we do and um, go out into the community and host it at different locations. It really helps to pick partners who will be enthusiastic and believe in your mission. Um, last night, we went to a community organization called the North End Community Improvement Collaborative. They, it, This was something that they really believed in. So they promoted it. They emailed people. They we're calling people on the phone yesterday, personally inviting them to come. And we had one of our highest turnouts and one of our most productive conversations last night. You know, not to dog any of our other partners, but that kind of level hasn't been seen all the time. And it shows when, um, you know, we show up and there's only two people there. So I think picking your spots is important. Um, and that's something that we'll learn going forward. The other thing is there's another citizen's agenda that's floating around out there that um, actually was put together in partnership with Harkin and the Trusting News Project. Um, it came around around the same time that we were starting this initiative, which is just really funny, the timing of it all. Um, but it's a guide on how to do this exact thing, on how to put together a citizen's agenda and you know engage in your community and all that. One of the things that they suggested was to be very transparent in um, what you're doing. As of right now, our plan is to, like I said, put everything all together at once and publish it all at once. And um, after the election, if we did it again, I would maybe um, have regular check-ins. That was something that they suggested was maybe after each meeting, um, publish something you know, as you go along instead of doing it all at once in the end, just to keep people informed of, what's going on, what the conversation is happening. And honestly, it would be a great promotion to, you know, come to the next one. If there's something that you, you know, if there's an issue that you want to see discussed that you're not seeing yet, come to our next meetup and, you know, make your voice be heard. That is a really useful, practical takeaway and uh, a great place to leave it, uh, Brittany. Uh, I have to say, I could be here all day talking about this. It's so interesting. <laughs> but um, honestly, thanks so much for, for taking the time to speak to me. And uh, if I can, I'll keep out, keep an eye out for all the future projects and the agenda that comes out. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. I hope this was helpful. We're very much learning along as we go. So, uh, but any help that I can give, I'm, I'm glad to give it. And thanks, of course, to you at home on the commute for tuning in. Tune in next week as we explore beat reporting and how to develop a local patch if you're short of contacts. While I have you, our news wide conference is fast approaching and you don't want to miss out. We have a stellar lineup ready, having just announced mobile journalism legend Yusuf Omar and social media sage Matt Navarra this week. Come along on the 27th of November at Reuters in London. Meet the team, network, and importantly, attend some great panels. 
head to newswire.com for the full agenda and tickets. Last but not least, you can stay in touch with us on Twitter at Journalism News if you'd like to feature on a future podcast or on the website. But that's all from me this week. Until next time.